Hi, this is Jonathan Keller. And this is John Girardi. Back after a little bit of an absence here on the Life Family Liberty podcast from California Family Council. Uh, Very happy to be with you, though, with some good news for a change, John. Yes, a lot of good news has happened since we've been on a little hiatus here. Um, I... My wife and I had a baby, and Jonathan's wife had surgery, and so, and we've been traveling all up and down the state, so we haven't had time just to sit down in the same room together and record a podcast. Yeah, we've done a couple of Facebook Live videos, but those are usually a little quicker, um, but we never feel like we can, I think, get into as much detail or explanation. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the goal, I think, of the podcast today, is to give a little bit of a recap of where are we on some of these key issues we've been fighting for all of this legislative session. Right, and... Uh, I think we'll just get launched right into it. The big issue we've been fighting all this year is SB 1146. And we're not yelling from the rooftops victory, but it is kind of the biggest conservative victory, (laughs) Um, the biggest conservative victory really in the state legislature for for social conservatives uh, in years. Oh, yeah. I mean, so for those of you who, who may not remember or know, SB 1146 was uh, essentially it was a law that made any kind of government funding for colleges or universities, including private uh, Christian colleges and universities, it made any kind of funding from the state towards those schools contingent upon those schools changing whatever beliefs or practices they had that, in the view of the government, quote, discriminated against uh, LGBT students. And uh, this doesn't mean just like direct state funding. This also meant the ability to uh, accept Cal Grants students, students who go to school on a Cal Grant, and a Cal Grant is uh, a state uh, grant that is given to lower income students who meet certain academic cr- uh, credentials in order to go to a private university. So it was a really bad bill. And it, I think we're seeing more and more, Jonathan, this this attitude of the Equality California and sort of the extreme left who are promoting the same-sex marriage uh, agenda that if you're any sort of institution that gets any kind of favor from favor or recognition or equal treatment to be honest funding from the government (laughs) yeah if you received any sort of benefit whatsoever from the government and you continue to hold to traditional Christian beliefs about marriage and sexuality um, they're going to attack you. They're going to say yeah. you're. We're not going to give you right now. Right now, what it looks like for Christian colleges, they were targeting. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to accept a Cal Grant student and the benefit that those students bring to your school if you're bigoted against uh, LGBT kids. Yeah, and to clarify, I we saw even uh, earlier today in some of the floor discussion, uh, Assemblymember Evan Lowe was reading kind of a quote about this bill. Uh, saying that, oh, you know, the reason this bill was needed initially was because of appalling evidence of discrimination from these Christian colleges, these faith-based religious institutions. Yeah, his exact quote, I think I I wrote it down as I was reading, so it it might not not be entirely exact, but he said, there are reports of students being expelled for being gay or transgender. Well, I would really love to see some of these reports, Assemblyman uh, yeah. Lowe. You were you were able to produce one student who claimed that. So during the the whole process, they try to have hearings, uh, the whole legislative process. They have hearings where they present evidence in support of their bills, and uh, the people supporting SB eleven forty six were able to present one witness 
who was who was claiming uh, I was expelled from my Christian college because I was gay. And that student was not expelled from his college because he was gay. He was expelled from college because he uh, was arrested for assaulting his gay boyfriend. So there's there's so little evidence of these Christian schools actually targeting gay kids or persecuting gay kids or anything like that. So anyway, that not to get off on a tangent, but that's what 1146 was going to do. It was going to say, hey, if you, quote, discriminate against gay kids by upholding Christian teaching, um, then you're not going to be able to receive Cal Grants kids. That bill was hugely amended. Though. Yeah. And I, I, we, John, I just as I'm sitting here, I got some late breaking news that said that the bill, uh, SB 1146, did pass out of the assembly. Okay. Uh, but the good news is, normally you would say, "Oh no, sackcloth and ashes, this is horrible," but it really was. When we say amended, I mean th- this is not everything. This is not even the bad, same bill. Everything that we objected to in the bill was removed. Yeah, and not just us. Less, less. And not uh, just us. Uh, there's, there's been some people that have complained that you know organizations like California Family Council or Focus on the Family or Alliance Defending Freedom, groups like us that have been fighting this bill at every step along the way and been very concerned about religious liberty. Um, some people have said, "Well, you're just compromising your positions by supporting this new version of the bill." We're not compromising our positions. We're we oppose certain things in the bill and didn't really care as much about other parts. Yeah. And the parts that we don't really care about are still in. So we're feeling pretty good. And in fact, many of these Christian colleges that were going to be affected by the bill, places like Biola University, William Jessup University, Azusa Pacific, um, the John Paul the Great Catholic University, some of these different groups, they actually have now moved from being opposed to the bill from either being neutral or in some cases even supporting the amended version. So, yeah. John, can you say exactly kind of, I know they made some slight changes, but what was the main gist of what's left in the bill? We've spent a lot the of time only, in the past talking yeah. about the bad parts of attacking yeah. these colleges. So the only, the only stuff that's left in the bill are disclosure requirements. So it requires that uh, right now, some Christian universities in California, re- any religious university in California, is exempt from what's called the Equity in Higher Education Act. And the Equity in Higher Education Act is a non-discrimination law. Basically, it says that any college and university is not allowed to discriminate against its students on the basis of, and then it gets, gives a whole bunch of categories, race, sex, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity. Religious colleges and universities are exempt from that because they have, for, for one thing, they have to discriminate on the basis of religion in certain ways because they want to promote their own religion. Right. And they are exempt from these things as it relates to sexual orientation and gender identity because they have particular, usually the Christian schools particularly, have particular beliefs about marriage and family and things like that that require them to have certain things that seem, quote, discriminatory uh, against same-sex attracted students. So their married student housing is only open to to students who are in an opposite-sex marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a traditional male-female marriage. traditional normal male-female marriage. As in the marriage that existed for the last uh, 6,000 years before the Supreme Court decided to change it. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Anyway, so so things of that nature, uh, Christian schools were exempt from. All SB 1146 now requires is for schools that claim those exemptions uh, to state that fact for potential students and potential employees. 
and and that's really all all it requires. It's a disclosure thing, so everyone goes into the goes into the process uh, with their eyes, you know, wide open. Now, some of it could be interpreted as the schools being forced to uh, forced to declare. Hey, look, look at what a bunch of bigots we are. Um, and, and that but, was the concern. Some people said, well, look, this is still violating religious liberty because it's, you know, it's forcing them to have disclosure. But the reality is I mean, if, if you talk to these college presidents, which we did, John, I mean, yeah. you, you went to Sacramento with uh, Dr. Richard Kriegbaum, who's the head of Fresno Pacific University. Right. And he indicated they are totally happy to comply with disclosure requirements, and they do a lot of disclosure anyway. Because, I mean, it doesn't make sense for the university or for the student when people are not on the same page. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know, if, if you're a student who's living in a homosexual relationship or something, then guess what? William Jessup is probably not the college for you. I mean, yeah. they, they, they confessionally believe certain different things from what your lifestyle is, and it's, it's maybe just not, you know, the best fit. So yeah. the schools are happy to say, look, up front, you know, we're not, we're not playing any tricks. We're not pulling mm-hmm. any punches. This is this is what we believe. This is what we expect our students to live up to. And on, on the yeah. flip side, and again, we heard this from colleges like Biola, for example, um, and Fresno Pacific and some of the other ones. If you are a student who is struggling with your sexual orientation or your gender identity, but you want to attend a university that is going to help you work through these issues from a, a biblically-based perspective, Sure, you're still allowed and open to go to these universities. And guess what? You can even attend them with a Cal grant. Right. And, and this is a, big, a broader problem that, that in a lot of court cases throughout the country have failed, have refused to acknowledge any distinction between uh, sexual orientation and sexual activity. They have acted as though those two things are the exact same thing. But for Christianity, there's a huge difference there, I think. I think most Christians would say we don't think someone is sinning or evil just because they happen to be attracted to a person of the same sex. Absolutely. Of course not. The attraction itself is not a sin. Yeah. We love those people. We want to help those people. We want to welcome those people. But what we do care about is the activity. Well, for, for example, I'll use myself as an example. I actually went to Fresno Pacific University. I, I attended Fresno Pacific uh, for my bachelor's degree. I started going to that school when I was uh, single. I was not yet engaged to my wife, Julia. Um, during the course of the time I was there, we got engaged, we got married, I finished my degree. Uh, during that entire time, I was obviously attracted to my fiance and then my wife, but I don't think it's a lie. I don't think anyone would be surprised or offended to say that there were times where I felt attracted to other women that I met, either (laughs) at Fresno Pacific or just in general. Well, they're not going to expel me because I had feelings of sexual attraction or feelings of temptation even. people who are not your wife. Absolutely. And I I don't think that that's in any way the subject that's at issue here with this bill. The idea is uh, it would have been a much different story if I would have acted on those temptations or feelings. Sure. And Uh, and that's the thing is that the idea that the way that a lot of philosophers who talk, philosophers and ethicists who talk about things like sex sexual orientation is as if your orientation is an irresistible or your your sexual desires are things that are so irresistible that it is impossible to expect that someone would live up to say a mandate from Christianity to live in a chaste way and mm-hmm. not to follow those inclinations so the law in most cases has said no 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 you Christians who are saying you don't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation you're actually you actually are discriminating yeah. because 
uh, apparently the edict from the gospel to remain chaste is so completely unfollowable that that. Um, well, I, I think that I think the idea is that it really is a a key difference on whether or not you view uh, the idea of sexual orientation, gender identity, and, and not just the orientation and identity, but really the the expression and activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, activity and gender expression, whether you whether yeah. you view those as different, and and right. I think the, the words that the uh, the LGBT movement tends to use very often are those issues of orientation and identity. Right. We're not as concerned actually even with those things. We're yeah. more concerned with, with sexual activity, activity and expression. Yeah. Exactly. And if if we can make that uh, that differentiation between orientation and activity and between identity and expression, yeah. likewise, we if there is someone who is struggling with their feelings of gender identity, they're mm-hmm. a male and they they are struggling with whether or not they are you know feeling gender dysphoric in some way. Yeah. It's one thing for them to identify and to attend class that way. It's another thing, instead of having an internal identification, for them to express that by saying, I'm going to start wearing a dress and going and into the women's call me, restroom. And you have to call me she. And yeah, exactly. E- exactly. So I, I think that's the key issue here is that, uh, unfortunately, the, the bill really became kind of muddled. But the, the positive sign, the great news, as we said, was mm-hmm. that there was such an amazing pushback from um, conservative individuals, mm-hmm. people, and I, I need to clarify, not even politically conservative. There are some people that we worked with, you know, registered Democrats, people that yeah. I think had voted Democrat in many of the last elections. Yeah, but I mean, it's just what it means to be a Democrat has changed so dramatically in the last even 10 years, let yeah. alone the last 15, 20 years, 30 years. And I think what we saw was... A lot of our, a lot of churches, a lot of people who follow our organization, people who follow other organizations, were melting phone lines in Sacramento. And I think what happened to stop the bill was sort of a combination of two things. One, you had the ACLU who got mad because it wasn't liberal enough. <laughs> and, and we can't under, understate the importance of the ACLU uh, to, to help stop this. Yes. But it, it is kind of amazing. Um, the, the good news, though, again, just, I, I, I just want to reiterate the fact that this bill in the Assembly, for example, which is moderately more conservative on social issues than the, the Senate, this bill needed um, 41 votes to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that Couldn't seemed, get it. it. It could not get it on the first uh, the first run through, especially with the language as it was set. That's mm-hmm. why that's why it had to be amended. We were initially excited because John, the the first round of amendments was positive because it removed the threatened threats to Cal grants, mm-hmm. but it still was going to require these these kind of very problematic and, and troublesome reports of having to report reasons for expulsions. Why you, expo- why you expelled every student you expelled. But but even that became an issue that was unconstitutional, and the colleges pushed back against it. And even that watered-down version was removed. So right. the fact that this went from being literally, I mean, we... Completely we, terrible to sort of terrible, but not... Posting a not notice, basically. Yeah, sort of terrible, but not requiring you to violate your conscience, to now really not terrible at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, literally, folks, if you remember reading our website earlier this year, or if you read some of the, the papers we put, put out, uh, we actually called this an Armageddon bill. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't us just calling that. I mean, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom were doing that, mm-hmm. Focus on the Family, Family Research Council. A lot of our national and state coalition partners recognized that if, if this bill had passed in its original form, it really would have been open season on these Christian colleges in a lot of ways. It, mm-hmm. it would have made it 
almost impossible for these colleges to exist in the way they have done business for the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the fact that instead of being able to get the very easy, remember, you need 41 votes, there were 52 Democrats in the state assembly. Yeah, so it's not it's not too hard for the Democrats to pass something if they want to. Oh, yeah, they, they could have very easily passed it. But this was just a huge victory. Um, now, there, there is a warning and a word of caution, though, John. Um, the, the Even in the amendments, even in the discussion that came out um, in the LA Times piece, Senator Laura had kind of some a sobering warning for friends yes. of religious liberty. Yeah, but apparently next year, some version of this is going to come back, and he's going to continue to study the question. I think what he wants to do is he wants to gather more evidence of kids being expelled from Christian colleges for being homosexual. And I just don't think he's going to find much evidence of that. Yeah. And I, I think that this is a good reminder for all of you, our listeners, uh, to to remember that there are some things currently that are still beyond the pale, even in California. Um, and I think, however, we need to be very vigilant because we know, like you said, John, that, that this is going to come back uh, I think even more aggressively, even harder. And what they are counting on, I think, is the fact that we are going to become complacent, we're going to get distracted, and we're going to just kind of drop the ball and yeah, not care anymore. Some, some version of SB 1146 is coming back next year. So be ready, because we're going to get in touch with you in January. And oh, yeah. We're going to ask you to do the same stuff you did this year uh, against SB 1146. Uh, and as, as part of your uh, warning there, John, about needing to be vigilant, uh, let's talk about SB 524. Oh, boy. So as I was saying before, I think the, the principle that the left is sort of operating on is that any organization that gets any kind of government recognition or favor, if that organization believes Christian teaching about uh, sex and marriage, then they should stop receiving whatever that government favor or acknowledgement or whatever it is, is. Yeah. And SB 524 is targeting basically, I guess, what's the best way to describe them? They're really uh, residential, residential treatment facilities. Uh, and there are a couple of organizations in California that are Christian-based that provide residential treatment programs, uh, particularly for victims of human trafficking and human sex trafficking. And one great organization like this is based out of uh, San Diego. It's called FACES, mm-hmm. with, with two S's at the end. And it stands for Freeing American Children from Exploitation and Sexual Slavery. Uh, and they're located in San Diego, and they take in, as I said, victims of human trafficking. And sometimes they take in minors, and they provide counseling services and for, for uh, minors a full educational sort of high school curriculum to, you know, help them grow and recover and develop and to try to have as much as possible normal lives after the traumatic experiences uh, they have in the sex trade. SB 524 is going to target these programs, these private Christian programs, by essentially putting them under the same regulatory regime as foster care facilities, like, like secular foster care facilities. Uh, and as we all know, the foster care program is such a wild success mm. um, with, with no problems at all and no need for massive reform and no horrible outcomes. Um, but what this would do, it would have two main effects. One is it would make programs like these, uh, like FACES, financially just unfeasible. Yeah. It, would, it would double or triple the cost. Uh, and to clarify, these are not, these are not um, 
large money-making programs for the people who run them. They're no, nonprofits. They're, they're, they're nonprofits. They're run yeah. in many cases by former, in this case with faces, I believe, former law enforcement professionals. Right. Who desperately who very cl- and who work very closely with the FBI right. and other other right. law enforcement agencies. But but this is adding just a level of complexity and regulation, specifically because these are faith-based. Right. Groups. Yeah, and and the second the second thing that SB five twenty four is going to do is it would prohibit them from any kind of educational curriculum or counseling services that quote discriminate end quote on the basis of same sex orientation or gender identity. And of course, this conflicts with the Christian worldview that some of these groups have. They, you know, they try to provide educational curricula in human sexuality that is based in the Bible. And that necessarily that's going to include things like saying we don't believe that uh, sexual activity between persons of the same sex is moral. Right. Um, but the government does not uh, – Senator Lara, who authored this this legislation also. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, this, is, this is his MO, I guess, find yeah. some nonprofit that, you know, quote, discriminates on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity and try to find a way to – uh, ruin their lives. Um, <laughs> so this is a really bad bill. It, it was actually introduced last year, and it's been sort of languishing for a full year. And at the eleventh hour, has been resurrected, revised. revised. And as the uh, time, re- as of when we've recorded this, we don't know a final outcome. But you wrote, John. I know an article about this on our website, on the blog, and on CaliforniaFamily.org. We'll keep people posted about this. But but I think this is just. Beyond this specific bill, beyond either of these specific bills, I think this is just a really important kind of alarm bell um, for for people of faith, um, mm-hmm. whether you are a particular denomination of Christianity, whether you're Jewish, whether you're you know Muslim or anything else. I, I think this goes to show that there is a new government orthodoxy that is becoming the the favored way of treating people of faith, sure. and, and that is that if if you have any sort of um, beliefs, even if they are well within the mainstream, we're, we're not right. talking about beliefs we're not talking that, about Sharia law. Yeah. We're not Bel- talking about beliefs that were part of the Democratic Party platform, like you know, eight years ago. E- yeah. Exactly, <laughs> beliefs that were uh, espoused and upheld and signed into law by Bill Clinton. By Bill Clinton, and, the the yeah. spouse of the current nominee for president. Yeah. Um, if you hold those beliefs, you will now be discriminated against and— You'll be treated like a racist. You will Essentially. Be. You will be. I mean, and, I mean, and almost exactly like a racist. And, and I, I think the the real thing that's sad to see here is um, Ryan T. Anderson, Dr. Ryan Anderson, in his great book, uh, Truth Overruled, mm-hmm. uh, wrote that the country is going to have to decide how we will address issues of sexual orientation and gender identity moving mm-hmm. forward. He said people like you and me, John, who believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, and we believe that while there are cases of gender dysphoria, we believe that you know, uh, is, uh, gender is innate. It's, it's related yeah. to and, that <laughs> and gender, tied to gender your... Gender dysphoria is not necessarily something to be reinforced through surgical right. procedures and, and affirmation. It's something to be... Treated, treated and cared and for, cared but, not, for but, not, but not affirmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, people like us can either be treated, Dr. Anderson said, as the way the pro-life movement is treated, as, well, you're a minority, but we're going to let you hold you're your— part of society. And, you're part of society. Yeah. It doesn't disqualify you from holding high office. To my knowledge, no one has been, for example, fired or hounded out of office because they Just made because a contribution a to yeah. a pro-life organization. But pe- that is happening for people who made a contribution to Prop 8. Absolutely. 
believe you know believe what we believe yeah absolutely and i I think that this goes to show that uh, bills like sb 524 and sb 1146 show that uh if That's the direction the left wants to take this. They, they want us to be essentially driven out of public life in the way that racists are. Right. I mean, it, if, if you're a racist, uh, I mean, you can be a racist in the privacy of your own home, but you can't operate your business like a racist. Yeah. You can't operate. You can't do this like a racist. And, and nor should you. To, oh, to be, sure. To, to clarify. But, but the idea that the, the idea that you would try to equate the beliefs of millions upon millions of Americans who just want to practice their faith and at the same time serve the common good in, right. in the case of educating poor minority populations in the case of these Christian colleges or offering hope and healing to victims of sex trafficking. Yeah, like the worst possible stuff yeah. ever. Yeah. If the fact that those people are being told you must comply with a new version of uh, government orthodoxy, or you're going to be driven from public life. A- and uh, it's just really tragic, and I really think that it's frankly un-American to say yeah. that that type of pluralism that our fa- our uh, our country was founded upon, that type of religious pluralism um, seeking the common good of society uh, is no longer good enough. That's all going to be enough. sacrificed on the altar of I guess sexual liberty or yeah. Well, uh, we at any rate, not to end ending ending on a fun note there. I think uh, we're gonna wrap this up for now. So anyway, keep uh, SB five twenty four in your prayers. Um, and, uh, keep tuned to our our blog and our Facebook and all of our social media stuff uh, for more updates about it. We will have once the session is finally over. The last day for those of you listening to this live or listening close to live. The last day of the session is. Uh, Wednesday, August 31st. Yes. And we will have more information uh, after that is over. Probably, we'll probably try to record some sort of special recap. A year in review for the California yeah. legislature. And then uh, by then, we will be just barely two months to the election. So we will oh. talk about how do these bills affect the election moving forward? Mm-hmm. What is, where do the parties stand on some of these different social issues? Uh, where can you decide where best to vote and how best to vote? Um, and try to provide just some some more education and resources. So uh, for now, again, like John said earlier, make sure you visit our website at californiafamily.org. Visit the the great article that John just wrote today about these bills. Find us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And um, thank you for also watching and sharing our Facebook Live videos especially. Uh, But for now, I'm going to try to see maybe if we can have uh, John share some Oh, some personal news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife and I had a baby uh, a week ago, a uh, week, eight days ago. Um, today's August 23rd. A uh, little girl named Sophia Maria Girardi. So we're very, very excited. Very so, we'll, happy. so we'll see if we can get maybe a, uh, a post maybe on the page of the, the latest pro-family Californian, uh, yeah. Sophia, <laughs> on the Facebook page. But we'll keep you posted with all that latest news. I know our staff member Jim Doman is also expecting, he and his wife are expecting a baby any day now. But uh, thanks, as always, for watching and listening. For now, I am Jonathan Keller. I am John Girardi. This has been Life, Family, Liberty from California Family Council. We'll talk to you next time. God bless. God bless.